Welcome to the Gravity Technique podcast. My name is Kaz and I'm the creator of the Gravity Technique, which is a bridge between the face-meltingly boring science world and the practical application of how your body actually works. I've spent 20 years researching anatomy and movement, so you don't have to, and this podcast is where I deep dive into debunking, de-jargoning and myth-busting some of our most common ailments. So if you're ready to feel empowered and take responsibility for your own health and well-being, let's get started. So this time we are talking about 10,000 steps. It is such a debated subject. We're all talking about, you know, this this um, goal of 10,000 steps, people, you know, working so hard to achieve their step count each day, see people running up and down stairs or, you know, just um, walking around the room in a funny way, taking a little a little jog at the end of the day around their lounge. If they've not got quite their step count, they're within range, but not quite meeting it. So, um, you know, let's deep dive into that. So, where does 10,000 come from? It's a magic number. Is there any sort of studies behind this? And, and where does that all come from? So I'm really interested in this because I was asked to uh, write for a, a publication on, on this subject and, and they kicked off with, you know, where did the 10,000 come from? So according to some sources on the internet, BBC being one of them, which is uh, obviously quite an accredited uh, source. So the apparently Tokyo Olympics in 1964, the gear up to that, um, obviously we're always with uh, these things that are, are happening, um, always come with a load of merchandise. And the merchandise at the time was a step counter and it was called a Manpo Kai. And the little translates little translation of that into English is uh, a 10,000 step meter. So, you know, we were obviously with the Olympics incoming, everybody's idea and thoughts turn to health and well-being and, um, you know, what can we do for for ourselves to, you know, we're far from Olympians, but I don't know about you, when we start the uh, Commonwealth Games have just been on the TV uh, and you start having a think about what you're eating and how you can support yourself a little bit better. So obviously, as the Olympics in the 60s geared up, um, we ended up with a whole load of merchandise and that's where your 10,000 step counter, apparently, that's where it came from. I did a little bit more digging Um found lots of studies into stepping, mostly to do with does increasing your step count reduce your mortality rate? And that's that's a big question for us. You know, is our stepping all in vain um, or, you know, is actually getting ourselves up and moving, getting to that, you know, goal, that aspiration of 10,000 steps per day? Does that actually make um, a fundamental difference to us? And uh, and yes, yes, it does. I mean, from a gravity technique point of view, any exercise is better than no exercise at all. Some of the studies came back, particularly for Brits, that our step count now is is a woefully inadequate um, low of of somewhere between 2,000 and 3,000 steps a day, which is not very much at all. 
So with that in mind, certainly getting off our backsides and getting moving is is always going to be a good thing. We know from from lots and lots of studies and, and lots and lots of surveys that have been carried out that we spend far too many hours at the desk, far too many hours sat in the car and far too many hours sat on the sofa watching the box. Um, particularly with the advent of Netflix and those other lovely channels that, that give us the opportunity to sit and binge watch for many, many hours. So and this all adds up. And um, a study that, that I read or a poll that I read a few years ago now, I think it was for, for one of the tabloid newspapers, they had measured this and, and we were up around the 80% mark for, for sitting down. You know, we sit down, we're laying in bed, we get out of bed, we sit sit down to have our breakfast, sit in the car or, or on the train for our commute, um, sit in the desk, sit at the desk all day long, come home, maybe sit on a spin bike and do some exercise, uh, sit on the sofa, watch some TV and then go back to the prone position for our sleep cycle. So with that in mind, that, you know, there are there is a problem here. You can see the problem because there's vast amounts of our day and you know days after days you know it's it's not just one day a week we're doing this this culminates into you know sometimes five days a week and we take some walks or take some exercise at the weekend but you know there is a, a sedentary epidemic if you like where we are spending vast amounts of time uh, sat down doing our daily activities so with that in mind, the, the other question that I was asked was, you know, is this good for our mental health? So it was quite an interesting one to look at because from my point of view, this really does depend on uh, the individual. It depends on, from my point of view with a client, really depends on where they are um, in their journey at the moment. You know, if they've been in pain for a long time, and that's limited their range of movement and they've not been able to move so much. Um, going from uh, almost couch to 5K, if you like, going from hardly any steps at all to 10,000 a day is an unrealistic target. And of course, if we think that something is unattainable, then it's very likely that it's going to be detrimental to how we feel about ourselves. It's going to be detrimental to our feelings of well-being because we just feel like it's out of reach. And I don't know about you, but I'm certainly the one that rather than try and fail, um, I'll just not not try in the first place. And that's that's true for many of us. Now, for some of us, you know, we get the bit between our teeth. Um, I have a friend that's like that. She gets the bit between her teeth. Doesn't matter how gargantuan the goal is. She's out and she's off and she's gone. Um, Whereas for me, if it looks kind of big and I'd be like, well, you know, maybe I'll have a little cup of tea and I'll kind of just hang out for a minute and have a little think about the goal. And then maybe I'll get started a bit later on. And of course, later on, uh, it turns into tomorrow and tomorrow never comes. So from that point of view, it was interesting with the studies that I was reading that there was a marked decrease uh, in mortality rates when the step count was over 4,400 steps. Um, and again, a, a big jump at 7,500 steps. So with that in mind, now we can we can kind of, you know, the, the old tale, how do you eat an elephant? Well, you, you have to, and obviously you don't want to eat an elephant. I think it's, it's, a, bit, it's a bit of a nasty uh, metaphor. But 
it is breaking that those targets down into bite-sized chunks. You know, if you put on your, your step counter, however you're counting your steps, it's worth to know actually that your phone is not the most reliable step counter. Your phone jiggling around in your pocket is not as sensitive as something that is on your wrist or on your ankle. So be intelligent about your uh, choice of step counter. And also be intelligent about whether having a step counter is good for you. You know, you can, there's lots of different approaches to this. You can, some people like the numbers. So if you're counting steps, great. Um, If that doesn't work for you, have a set time each day. Um, One of my lovely friends is, uh, she was um, working on, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was a 20 minutes walk each morning. And it was based on sort of, you know, uh, starting your day your way. And of course, we all know the the, the miracle morning approach um, and taking that morning's exercise before you do anything else. You know, you get out of bed, stick some shoes on, have a change of clothes, obviously, stick some shoes on um, and off you go. So you get your 20 minutes done in the morning. You're outside in nature. Come rain or shine, you, you get it done. Um, but the whole figure the the whole point of it was you set yourself 10 minutes or 20 minutes didn't matter how many steps you went just got your butt out the door into nature and went for a mooch and the well-being that my friend reported or the feelings of well-being that my friend reported after just a few weeks of doing this each morning was phenomenal even after a few days of doing it but you know she's been doing it for some months now and she just said that her life has has completely changed so mentally emotionally um, our steps make a difference to, to make a difference to us on a on a scientific side um, your um, the muscles in your body are encased in fascia we talk about fascia and connective tissue here quite a lot so that nice cling film uh, wrapping of your muscles when you're moving and that's any kind of movement so any kind of exercise as I say any exercise is good we don't, we don't get pedantic about it we don't get fussy about it if you're doing some exercise wonderful but that slide and glide of the muscles over each other that cling film uh, wrapping, sliding and gliding over itself secretes beautiful feel-good hormones. One of the major ones is oxytocin, which is a lovely feel-good hormone. It's the one that gives you the buzz when you come out of exercising, makes you want to go and hug everybody, cook them some food um, and just be generally a really lovely person. Uh, of course, we know the other big the big hitters there, dopamine um, and those other endorphins. So just thinking about you know, what do you want your steps for? Um, is it going to help you to feel better? Joe Wicks, the body coach on Instagram, has been very vocal about his mental health journey. And it was fascinating to see him saying, you know, now his his exercise routine has nothing to do with his physical health. I mean, obviously, the, the benefits are physically he is very, very healthy, very, very fit. But equally, He's there mostly for his mental health, something that we all had our attention pulled into over the lockdown. Very suddenly, very sharply, um, our mental health, our emotional states became um, 
very much brought into sharp focus for us. How do we feel when we were restricted, when we couldn't get out and uh, out and about, when we couldn't socially interact as we had been doing previously? So in a nutshell, 10,000 steps, if it seems a little bit out of your league, don't worry about it. Uh, start where you are, you know, have a have a 20 minute walk if that's what walks, works for you or just set yourself a circular walk. Uh, you know, for me, I live in a, in a little town. We've got a beautiful high street. We're very blessed here. And, you know, it takes about 20 minutes to walk up up the high street, uh, down another side street and then back to our house. So it doesn't matter how long it takes. If you're not a numbers person, if you're not counting your steps or you're not sure that you're going to have the right amount of time, the amount of time that you've imposed on yourself. Um, because when we've got these hard and fast rules, if we again, we come back to if we don't feel it's attainable, we're not going to do it. So it's something to consider, something to think about that if maybe you're putting something off. The other thing that I really uh, wanted to touch on when I was doing this writing that, that came through for me was, um, to particularly in the UK, we are shocking. Who takes their lunch break and actually goes out? Who gets up from their desk, puts their coat on and goes out for a good half an hour? Doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in the city, whether you're on an industrial estate, whether you're in a town, um, whether you're out in the sticks, doesn't matter. Get up, go out. And and we simply don't do that. In when I had a corporate job, which was really long time ago now, it was really really demonised. Um, you know, almost deemed a little bit lazy if you were going out. You know, this whole culture of whacking on through, powering on through your lunch break, getting all the 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 hours in that you can, getting as much work completed as you can without giving yourself time for adequate rest without giving your body time to come out of its prone position, often sitting or maybe you're standing on a shop floor, but getting out and and just changing your movement patterns, allowing your head to come up, allowing your ribs to come out of your tummy if you've been slumped forward. And again, our body positioning, our body shape has, has a marked impact on our emotions uh, years ago now, it's, it's still one of the books on my shelf. There aren't many books left on my shelf now, but the ones that I really, really rate, Stanley Kellerman's uh, Emotional Anatomy. Really groundbreaking book at the time. We know so much more about it now, but back then, that that whole how your your body positioning deeply impacts your emotional state. And if your head is forwards because you're staring at the computer screen, if your shoulders are rolled up towards your ears and forwards, if your ribs are disappearing into your tummy and you're really starting to slump forwards, that is the emotional um, precursor to you know, feelings of, of lowness, feelings of low self-esteem, feelings of depression, all of that stuff is all reflected through the body in that shape. And we have studies happening at the moment where is it the way that we feel that provokes the body shape that we adopt? Or is it the body shape that we adopt that can promote, provoke the emotional response? 
and I'm fascinated to to learn more about this. And I'm always working with my teachers on these uh, different aspects because you know your mind and your body are completely connected to each other. They are a reflection of each other. They are affected by and of each other. So it's absolutely something to consider. Really setting a timer in your phone for you know, if you can, every 40 to 50 minutes, even if that's just walking down to the kitchen in your in your office block and making a cup of coffee or getting a glass of water and just having a walk and a stretch and a bit of a shake out and just changing your body positioning. Certainly with regard to your 10,000 steps or getting your step count up, um, the, the, the first baseline being 4,400, according to this, this study. But, you know, one of my clients put his printer on a different floor. So every time he printed something, he had to run up the stairs to the next floor up to, to get his printing and then bring it back down again. Um, you know, just putting those little tips and tricks in place that that help you to just do a little bit more than you would normally. If you if you're at home and you're able to do once more up and down the stairs than you you would do normally, or just you know find that five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, to just get your shoes on, get out the front door, um, and and take yourself on a little little mooch walk up to the to the shop or the garage for that thing that you forgot rather than taking the car get off the bus one stop earlier if you can um, or get off at the tube station one stop earlier and, and just taking it a little bit more time for you and I'll, I'll do a session on on radical self-care because it is something that we talk about a lot here at gravity technique are you putting yourself first you can't uh, serve the world from an empty cup and you can't pour from an empty cup so are you are you topping your own cup up first before looking after everybody else and if if that's something that's coming through for you have a think about what what helps me to feel more uh, topped up what helps to recharge my batteries and uh, radical self-care is so much more than just having a float around the bath once a week um, there's there's a there's a lot in there, and we'll deep dive into that. But just you know, taking a little bit of time to really get into how can you um, improve your step count? How can you up your step count? What could you do to just get those just a few extra steps in? And like I say, I, I really think that it, it's finding what works for you, and really acknowledging that. Any movement is better than no movement at all, anything at all. So what do you like to do? Everybody talks about 10,000 steps, but if, if you can't stand walking, if you've got a, a hurty knee or a bad hip or a bad back and that's just not for you and you'd rather be on your bike, get on your bike. If you if you can't stand walking or you want to run, do running. If you prefer Pilates class or you prefer yoga class or you know what what is it that works for you so just having a, a think about that and you know what did you if you're not doing anything at the moment if you've rolled out the other end of the the lockdowns and and your class is no longer there or you've, the modality that you were really involved in kind of got lost along the way of the lockdowns and the and the great the great pause having a think about you know what would you what would you like to do? So many classes and so many um, 
groups springing up all over the place, you know, there's so many rambling groups now on Facebook, so many different places that, that are, are welcoming and accountability. You know, there's nothing quite like accountability. We all promise ourselves that we will do something for ourselves, but actually, you know, when you've got a dog, you know the face. <laughs> when you've got a dog sat at the front door waiting for the walk, there's there's no way that you can get out of that. You know, when you've promised your friend that you're absolutely going to be there at that class with them, there's nothing quite like that accountability. You would sit on the sofa and, you know, muller the Doritos. But if you're from, you know that your friend is going to be there, there's nothing quite like that, that accountability to get you off your backside um, and over to, to doing what you said you were going to do. So that's, that's definitely, from, from my point of view, that's um, accountability is one of my prime drivers. So definitely uh, having a look at that. So that's what I'm going to do. That's all we're talking about today, just that 10,000 step count. And I wanted to you know, ask a question. How do you feel about the 10,000 steps? Is it something that you do regularly? Is it something that you're working towards? Or is it something that you just completely got sick of and have chucked in the bin completely? Um, really interested to know how you feel about that. So uh, pop that over to me. I'm always interested to hear your comments. You can uh, get through to us at hello at gravitytechnique.com or come and DM us over on Instagram at Gravity Technique. So I hope you've enjoyed that. Thank you so much for joining us again and uh, we will chat to you again in another session. Take care.